so i'm back <laughs> if you are watching i am recording a youtube video so you guys can either watch this or just listen to it on any podcast platform for the most part the lighting is not great today because it's very gloomy outside so this whole left side my left side is like kind of dark, but that's fine. I also have my little emotional support dino, weighted dino right next to me. So I have some emotional support. <laughs> it's like 11.30 a.m. I'm recording this before I have to go to work at two o'clock. So I got up earlier than I would have today. Usually my schedule is like waking up like right before I have to go to work. Welcome back to the second episode of Seriously Not That Serious. I am your host, Ella Ryder. Honestly, I filmed the first episode. I'm like, this is the best therapy. Like, I I just talk to myself and it's great. This is like the first official episode because I'm kind of going more in depth to specific things that I talked about in the first episode. The first episode was just kind of like a recap of everything that I want to talk about. I didn't go in depth as much as I want to so that was kind of the overview and now I'm getting more into like specific things that I talked about in that first episode. So what we're talking about today is I can't think of a better name for it other than like what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like that's what comes to mind for me when I think about it because the reason I want to talk about this is because I'm actually dealing with this very heavily right now because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just trying to figure out my next steps and yeah, so we're going to talk about that today. Don't forget to follow on my YouTube channel for this. Not exactly sure what it's called yet because I have not set it up yet. It'll be linked in the description so you can just click that and watch it from there. I also set up an Instagram and a TikTok so if you want to see short little snippets of the whole podcast or whatever just go over there and there will be little clips. But yeah, so follow me on there. Let's just get into it. I don't even know where to start. Like I feel like my brain... My brain is just like a clusterfuck. Like, there's so much going on in it. What the fuck am I doing with my life? It's a very broad way to put it, in my opinion, because I don't think that there's one thing that you're meant to do in your life. Like, I think your purpose is to do a bunch of things that lead you to, like, your happiness. And I feel like it's really just, like, about enjoying the ride. Because, again, like I said before, I believe that everything happens for a reason. My example of that in my life is I graduated high school, I went to Iowa State for a semester, I was like, fuck, I'm not happy. I left the second semester. I was struggling a lot. Like, for me, it kind of felt like a failure. It felt like I disappointed my parents. It just, it felt like I disappointed a lot of people. And maybe I did, but ultimately, I just wasn't happy there and like, I don't want to sacrifice my mental health and my happiness to make other people happy because I think that's fucking stupid. Like, it's your life. You're going to be the one living it. So you can't do it to make other people happy. So got the fuck out of there. I was having a really hard time after that. Like that was a very low low for me because after high school, high school was so fucking difficult for me. Like that's probably going to be another episode, but I fucking hated high school. Worst time of my life. Literally hated it. And I feel like that's a lot of people like middle school and high school just aren't great for a lot of people. Some people, they thrive in it. 
other people it's just a shit show and I was on the shit show side of that but when I got back from Iowa State I was just like I moved back in with my parents and I was just a complete mess important information I don't think this is the only reason that I decided to leave but I do think it played a part in me figuring it out faster than maybe I would have the mental health industry is so fucked up like don't even get me started on that when I turned 18 I had to stop seeing my psychiatrist because the way that they have it set up is it's like pediatric pediatric psychiatry I think is what it's called and that's for anybody 18 and under and a lot of people either see 18 and under or adults a lot of people don't see both the person that I was seeing only did pediatric why is that so difficult for me to say pediatric psychiatry when I turned 18 they're like okay we can keep seeing you for a little bit longer but like you're gonna have to find somebody else my all or nothing mentality kind of kicked in and I'm like fuck like another person is just like like background on that is that I was doing DBT which if you don't know it's like a outpatient long-term thing to learn about skills basically and I did that with my mom it was a parent and kid thing and you both did individual and group therapy once a week and well twice a week because you had group and then individual first of all best experience because I think it's really good that I did it with my mom And I had never heard that before because it also taught her the skills on how to help me. I feel like a lot of parents don't realize that they have a lot of shit that they haven't worked through either. So I think that she got to work through some shit that she didn't even realize that she was holding on to. And then it was just a good experience, but the ending of it was not. My individual therapist was only for that program. So I had made this connection with her over like, what, 16 weeks? I don't know how long it is. 10 weeks maybe I don't know but I had made that really strong bond with her and I wanted to keep seeing her but they're like nope like you can't keep seeing her like she's only for people in this program you're gonna have to find another individual therapist so that just kind of sent me on a spiral in and of itself so I had bad history with the place that I was going because that had happened and then they're like okay now you gotta stop seeing your psychiatrist so my all or nothing I was just like fuck it I'm gonna not Like, I'm done. Like, I don't know. I found a therapist down in Iowa, but I didn't find a psychiatrist because I didn't fucking know this, but, like, it's fucking hard to find a psychiatrist down there. Like, I live in the cities, kind of, like, the suburbs of Minneapolis. I didn't realize that, like, it's so, I mean, Ames itself, which is where Iowa State's located, it's pretty small, but, like, the school has, like, the majority of Ames population because there's like over 30,000 kids that go there. So I don't know if that's calculated into the pop- population of Ames, but it's a smaller city. I just couldn't find a psychiatrist. Like there were weights and it was just a lot of work. So I found a therapist, but I couldn't find a psychiatrist. And she recommended me some people and there was like weights and I was going through a ton already. So I was just like, just kind of not making it a priority, honestly. I really didn't have a psychiatrist and I still had my medication like refills. When I got down to Iowa, I realized that my medication just wasn't working for me. I'm very good at noticing quickly whether or not medication works for me, specifically anxiety and depression medication, because I take it and within a week I can tell whether it's helping or whether it's hurting. Maybe more on the side of like, I can tell if it's making me worse. Like that's kind of more what I'm good at catching on to because certain medications like would make me angry or just really irritated 
all the time. And I'm like, why the fuck is my mom breathing irritating me so much? Like it just, and then I realized it was the medication. And luckily my sister is also on medication and she's kind of going through the similar process that I am with psychiatrists and whatever. It kind of, I would talk to her about side effects that she would receive from certain medication because I was kind of a step behind because she started medication earlier than I did. I would talk to her and I'm like, hey, like, did this medication make you angry? And she's like, yeah, like, that's the one. Because I would always hear like, oh, she would be like, oh, this one medication made me angry. This one made me even worse. Like, I kind of got to talk to her about that. And like, that didn't work for everything because obviously we're not the same person. Talking to her helped me be like, okay, maybe it's affecting me the same way. Because we have the same parents. Like, it makes sense that maybe the same medication that didn't work for her wouldn't work for me. I'm not saying that's with everything, but when I, it wouldn't deter me from trying a medication that didn't work for her, but it did kind of help me realize like, oh, this is affecting me the same way and this is probably why I'm so angry. The medication that I was taking at that time was just irritating me. Like, it was making me angry and I could just tell that something was off and so I stopped taking it which it's hard because like I've done this a few times. I don't really know why. That's something that like I feel like a lot of people do. Sometimes they just go cold turkey on their medication and I don't, I think it's when their medication isn't working for them because I've had times where I've taken medication and I just feel completely fucking numb. Like I can't feel happiness. I can't feel sadness and I'm like, I want to cry right now, but like my body physically cannot produce tears and that is even worse than having, well, for me it is at least, but that is worse for me than having like super high highs and super low lows because at least I'm having the highs and with that it was like boring. That's why it's hard because it's like when you're going from having super high highs and super low lows and then you go to kind of this more just like straight line, it's kind of a shock and it's it doesn't feel good. It doesn't you just feel numb. And I don't like that feeling. Like, I want medication that makes my lows not as low, but I want to be able to cry if I need to. Crying is a natural thing. And if I'm feeling a ton of emotion, I want to be able to feel that emotion, not be like, oh, I want to kill myself every time I fucking get pissed off at driver's like on the road or something, but like I want to be able to be like, I'm going through a hard life moment. I want to be able to cry because it's natural. It's a little confusing, but I stopped taking my medication. That was a bit of a shit show. So I think that that played a role in it, but I don't think that that was the main reason that I left. When I got back, I... Luckily, my dad's friend recommended a new place that had therapists, psychiatrists, like it was like an all-inclusive <laughs> thingy. The place that I had gone before, I just didn't really like. I didn't like my psychiatrist. I, I just wasn't happy there, but there's very minimal options, especially when you're a kid. I found this new place, found out we were in network, my insurance was. I found a therapist, saw her once. That was very traumatic because I saw her. They let me book like an intake with her. So I went, did it. I ended up worse after the fact than I was when I was walking into it because she told me, she was like, I don't think that I can, like my schedule is so packed right now. I don't think I can see you weekly, which is what you seem to need. So I was like, why the fuck didn't they tell me this beforehand? Like that is something that you should have communicated because 
I want to see you weekly. Like, that's what I need. So I was really pissed off and discouraged because I'm like, I just sat here telling you all my trauma so you could get to know me. And then you're like, I don't think I can give you what you need. And then just whatever. So that was hard. I did end up finding it. <laughs> it's a fucking path, man. Just looking back. So I found a psychiatrist as well. Started working on my medication. The medication that I was taking was an SSRI. It... SSRIs are known to increase your appetite, especially when you're at really high dosages. So for me, to treat my OCD, you kind of need to be on the higher end of that. So I was taking, what was it? So around 300 milligrams, I think. That's a lot for SSRIs. Like right now, I'm on another SSRI along with a few other things, and I'm taking 100 milligrams. So it's a bit high. And she kind of failed to mention to me that, like, it really increases your appetite. I didn't notice it until I was like, oh my god, I feel like I've gained a lot of weight. And, like, I don't step on the scale a lot because it's fucking depressing. And it does nothing for my mental health. It does nothing. For me, I struggle with a little bit of, like, body dysmorphia. So it's hard for me to recognize when I gain or lose weight. Like, I don't really have a clear perception of it. So, the scale is the only way that I can really fully notice it. When I step on the scale and I lose weight, I then look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, like, I have. Like, I can notice that. But then, if I gain weight, it's like, scale's higher, and then I see that in the mirror. So, it does nothing for my mental health. Whenever I go to the doctor, I step on it backwards because I'm just like, I can't. Like, it just doesn't help my mental health at all. She didn't tell me that it made you gain weight. I ended up gaining maybe like 30, 40 pounds. I ended up gaining a decent chunk of weight, which made me fucking depressed as hell. Like, it, I was like, why the fuck wouldn't she tell me this? And it's not that it's hard because, like, I've had issues in the past with my weight and with eating stuff and all of that. And, like, I don't want to say that gaining weight is bad because it's not, but it did not help me. And I think that that is something that should have been one of the first thing that she said, especially when I told her that I'd had issues in the past of like, again, going to each extreme of the spectrum of like eating disorders and stuff. I just, that really fucking affected me. I was seeing her and then, oh my God, she all of a sudden was like, yeah, I'm gonna retire because I think they offered her something. I don't know. It wasn't when she first started seeing me, that wasn't the end goal. Like she wasn't gonna retire in a few months, but then it just kind of happened. So I'm like, fuck. So then she recommended the psychiatrist that I'm seeing now. I don't even really remember what delayed me, but she, the girl that I was gonna get into that I'm currently seeing, she was just very busy. I ended up not being able to see her until September 1st of this past 2022. My psychiatrist retiring happened in the spring, and then it was basically the whole summer that I couldn't really see anybody, which was unfortunate, but I got through it. Looking back, it was pretty fine. Like, I mean, I was on medication. I thought it was working. And then I got to her and like, I fucking love her. And she's younger. So hopefully she doesn't retire soon. But she has helped me a lot. And it's interesting because like doctors definitely have their own, I wouldn't say 
what is it? What's the word? I mean, everybody has their own opinions and that's the only word I can think of. So she definitely, each psychiatrist that you see definitely has their own opinions about certain medications and like everything. Any doctor does. When I was seeing the one who retired, she definitely had some opinions that I just don't think ultimately were helping me. But then the psychiatrist that I'm seeing now, I feel like she's very open to everything and she's a bit younger and I feel like she's just she's a really good fit and my sister also sees her and we both have nothing but good things to say about her really love her I'm actually at a really good place with my medication right now better than I've been my entire life and that's the hard thing about medication is it's just it's such a tricky process because there are so many fucking medications and also symptoms like there's so many different overlapping symptoms from different like diagnoses but for me something that I realize with my current psychiatrist is like ADHD and anxiety have overlapping symptoms so what she told me is that again I want to preface this by saying I'm not a doctor. This is just what I've heard from who I see. So she told me she was like, ADHD can cause anxiety-like symptoms or anxiety can cause ADHD-type symptoms. So they overlap a lot and she had me take like a paper quiz and it. I have a lot of the symptoms of ADHD. So I got on an ADHD medication. It's helped me so much, but it's tricky because with that, the medication that I'm taking, she was like, it can either really help or it can make your anxiety worse. You go up slowly and you stay on that dosage because not only are you trying the millions of different fucking medications, you are trying different dosages of those medications, which you can be on the same medication and mess with the dosages, and that can be like a full year. So finding medication is such a hard process because so many symptoms overlap. It's just a clusterfuck. Like, it's such a mess. I am so fortunate enough to finally be at a decent spot, and it's hard because something that I realize is I don't know if it's in my brain or if the medication just kind of starts affecting me different after I've taken it for a while, but, like, I definitely have noticed, like, there's some things that maybe just are different than they initially were when I started taking the medication, so it's hard because it's kind of always a moving it's always a process because sometimes the medication can, for some reason, all of a sudden stop fucking working and you have no idea why. Your body might have just gotten used to it. For me, the hard thing is that I feel like I get to a good spot and then I sit there for a while and then I'm like, okay, but like I feel like I can feel even better. Something that I have very much realized is that medication is not a 100% this is going to fix you. No, like you take medication because it's kind of like, I don't know if this is a bad term to use. Like I'm not meaning it in like a bad way. Like if you take medication, it's bad, but like it's kind of like a crutch. You use it so you can do other things to help you too. So medication only can help like 70% of the way, maybe, maybe not even that much. And then you need to either work with a therapist or just work on yourself and like go through the shit that you haven't gone through maybe, but also just learn skills that will help alongside the medication because medication itself 
can help a lot. But then you get used to that and then you're like, okay, but like there's still these little things that I'm like, I don't want to deal with. Like this is still here. And then you fuck with your medication and then it kind of goes to an even worse spot that you started at. Then you started at, in my opinion, you have to take medication and also go to therapy because medication just doesn't fix all. And you have to take care of yourself. Like it's a never ending process, which is exhausting, but it's also like, I want to live my best life and I want to become my best self. So taking medication helps me get to a good enough spot mentally and like feeling good enough in myself to where I actually want to work with a therapist on the other shit that'll make me feel my best when we are working through it. So I think that it's just all a process and it's all fucking hard and finding a good therapist and a good psychiatrist is so fucking difficult, especially when you are in small towns and maybe that they're so booked up. It's something that has changed my life in very good ways and like I have struggled with anxiety my whole life and like all of that stuff. It's something that's helped me a lot because I go, like I said, like I went off my medication and I'm just like, I'm a shit show. Like I'm, I cannot be my best self and function as my best self when I'm not on medication. And that is perfectly fine. Like I don't think there's any harm in me taking medication. Like it affects nobody but me and I want to live my best life. And if medication is going to help me do that, I'm going to fucking do it. People can have their opinions, but like, fuck off. Like, I don't care about your opinion about what I do. Again, it's not like I go around yelling like, oh, I take anxiety and depression medication, like that sort of thing. But I think that specifically with family, like there's other people that I talk to about it because it's just interesting to hear their process with all of that and kind of give them tips if they need it because it's a hard process and I'm finally at a good spot. But I have a really good place that like I recommend to anybody because I finally found a good doctor's office and I think that can do a lot and they have so many different people and so many different options of personalities and like it's just hard because I think that you need to try and find somebody who works with you because like not all therapists work like the first time that you see them like the place that I went right now or I'm going right now every place has a website and what I do this is a little tip I would recommend going to their website and usually they have all their providers, so all the psychiatrists, and it kind of lists them in what they specialize in and what they are there for, basically. I found my initial psychiatrist because she was on there and it tells like what they specialize in and whether that's like anxiety, depression, OCD, trauma, therapy, like they list everything that they specialize in and you kind of can get a sense of their personality and see if you would vibe with them. And they usually have photos of them. I think that's a really good way to get a sense of who it is and like who you're seeing. Because like I don't like going into things like completely unknowingly. You can kind of get a semi first impression and that's why they're there. Like you go on there to kind of get a sense of who they are as a therapist and see if they'll fit with you. Also though, I would really recommend, this is I think what's helped me even more than that, is literally just calling up the place and being like, hey like I would really love to start coming to your doctor's office or whatever and I struggle with this, this, and this. I really need a therapist 
who I can see weekly, like who's taking new patients and also who would you recommend? Because they know most providers that are at their doctor's office. So like they can recommend a really good person who they think would help you. And also that's another issue is like if you go online, sometimes you'll get an idea of like who you like, but then you'll call and they're just not taking new patients because a lot of people can get booked up. Calling them I think is honestly the best choice because you can get their opinions because they know all of the doctors for the most part. They'll have an idea of who will help you the most and that's how I found my really good therapist and my really good psychiatrist. Like looking online helped me but like I call, see who they recommend and then I can go to the website and see what they look like and kind of get more of a sense. I think that that is the best thing that you can do is just call. Obviously they can also help you see if they're in network. That's insurance is so fucking complicated too because I don't even know really how insurance works but you when you call them you can also ask for the codes or whatever that you can then call your insurance and make sure that your provider is in network so then you only have to pay your copay or I know insurance is like really shitty so sometimes you have to pay the full amount until you hit a deductible that's a good way to also get that aspect and see how much it would cost for you to see them because that's also another big aspect i am super thankful because i have gone through spouts of like really shitty insurance where it was my mom's insurance from her job and we had to hit like a ten thousand dollar deductible before we got anything covered that was super shitty especially when me and my sister were both seeing psychiatrists like on a monthly basis and we had medication and it was really shitty and hard but then now so thankful is that I'm on my stepdad's insurance it's united and we have $25 copays very thankful for that and I'm no I'm very lucky for that because health insurance as a whole fucking shit show like fuck that that whole thing happened <laughs> so that whole thing happened I was finally, I was just in a really bad place, but I got a job. I got another job. (laughs) So I got the job that I'm at now. I got it part-time and then I got a nanny job. That's a whole nother fucking story. That was the first time I had found a nanny family online. It was like nanny lane or something. Worst experience, not because of the website, but just because me and the family did not vibe. They had just moved here. They lived in a over a million dollar house, mind you, and they had two kids. I swear to God, I will never watch COVID babies like that again because he was a toddler. And when I tell you, so also both of the parents worked from home, which was very unfortunate and did not add to anything. Like it fucking made it even shittier is that the kid, whenever his parents would leave him with me, he would just start crying and they'd come running So it was reinforcing the behavior that like he can cry and they'll just come to him. It was a shit show. And after one day they were like, okay, no, we're putting him in full-time daycare because he was already part-time and then I'd just watch him the other time. They're like, no, we're putting him in full-time daycare. And they didn't even give me really a chance to bond with him. And then they had the baby who I watched. It was like working for first-time parents, which they had two kids, but like I've been watching kids forever. So I was like, I, they were just such a hard family to work for because it would be so much miscommunication. Like they were not good at communicating at all. I went the first like few months without even a fucking baby monitor because they wouldn't get an iPad so I could use it 
finally, I had to go to them and be like, hey, can I get it on my phone until you figure that out? Because I think that it would make me taking care of your baby even easier and better. And I think that it would help me a lot. They finally gave that to me. I think that they should have just offered it to me from the get-go, but they just kind of kept pushing it off. And I'm like, oh my God. So, and they're like, okay, just let her cry. Let her self-soothe, which... I've kind of realized isn't a fucking thing, but they're like, just let her cry, let her put herself back to sleep, whatever. But then she was sick one time and they told me that. And then she was crying and I was looking at the baby monitor on my phone. And then the dad just like came running out of the office to go get her. I'm so confused. Like you told me to let her cry and now you're telling me that I shouldn't let her cry. I'm like, what the fuck? Bad experience. On the weekend when I was actually working at the part-time job, the concierge job that I have now, the dad called me and was like, hey, yeah, so we are changing directions with the care of our children and yesterday was your last day. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck? They were like, yep, so we're changing directions. We'll give you like three days pay and yeah and I'm like okay what the fuck first of all you're calling me not even doing it in person you're calling me while I'm at my other job and you're not even giving me giving me a fucking explanation like I would have rather had you say like hey like I just don't think that it's working out like I don't know if we are vibing together and I would have been like okay perfectly fine because honestly I wasn't vibing with them either they were a really uptight family it was fucking weird they were living in this insanely expensive house and they wouldn't give me one dollar more which is what I asked for and they were also making me pay taxes on the money which I don't know if that's technically illegal I think that it's if you make over a certain amount of money then you technically have to pay taxes but I was not going to make that with them but they were still making me pay taxes and I'm like I usually like nanny jobs because they don't make me pay fucking taxes and they pay me in cash or whatever. So lots of things that I was just frustrated about and it was hard because I was like, I'm never going to get to see the baby again. And it was like a mourning period because I'm like, you make a connection with a child and then it's like completely cut off. And I'm like, you can't even do it in person and you can't even give me a chance to say goodbye. Like really? They uh, made me sign a contract beforehand And basically, it said that both parties, me and them, were required to give two weeks notice. So, I came back to them and was like, hey, I'm expecting two weeks pay because the contract that we both signed that you brought to me and, like, made me sign says that. And then he, the dad, which he was saying this to an 18-year-old, mind you, like a 30-something-year-old man was saying this to an 18-year-old. He's like, oh, I'm gonna contact our lawyers and I'll get back to you. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, really? You're bringing lawyers into this? So I talked to my dad's lawyers and they're like, it's very fucking clear cut. Like, it literally says both parties are required two weeks pay. So I think that they finally realized after possibly not even talking to the lawyer. I don't really know what they did, but they're like, okay, like they never said okay, but like they just kind of did it. And I'm like, you ended this on such a bad note. Like you, first of all, you were the ones who made me sign the contract. Like, I don't know if you were thinking that I was just a stupid 18 year old that you thought that you could take advantage of, but like, no, like I know the contract that I signed and I know that it said that. So you could either let me work for you for two more weeks or just give me the pay. So they ended up giving me the pay. Appreciate it. But also I'm like, you brought up a fucking lawyer to an 18 year old. Like what the, who the fuck does that? And I'm not a dumbass kid. I hate 
when people think that they can take advantage of me just because I'm a kid, which I'm not a kid, but like when I, because I'm younger basically. And I'm like, no, like this is fucked up. That was a shit show didn't work for them for the rest of the summer. I was working a lot and saving up a ton of money because I was like, I don't know what the fuck I want to do. And then I made the plans with my friend to do a year abroad in Norway, which she was a year younger than me, so she was graduating that year. Long story short, I just didn't feel like it was the right path for me. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but like my gut was just telling me like, no. It's also hard because that friendship had a lot of rocky patches, and I think that that had a really big aspect in me not wanting to go and I think that I would have rather gone alone and preferably not to Norway like I would have rather gone to London and done it by myself because I and I'm trying like I don't want to bash her because I still love her and I still have love for her like we are childhood best friends I think that it was just hard for me because I felt like she was kind of taking advantage of me as a friend because We had been friends for so long that I feel like she thought that I would always be there. I try to be there for her so much, but like she would bail a lot. And I'm like, even if you have a reason for canceling, that's still bailing. Like you made a plan and you're not following through with that plan. And I'm a little bit more sensitive to that because of things from my childhood. But I also think that people just need to do what they fucking say. So when she would make all these plans with me and cancel, it was just really hard. She also bailed on going out of town for my birthday and just like, I just did not feel like I could trust her. And as the only person that I would know in a completely different country, it was hard for me to rationalize going there with her because I just didn't feel like I could count on her. And that's ultimately what it was. Like, I just didn't feel like I could count on her. Maybe if the friendship was in a little bit of a better spot, I would have pushed myself to go. But ultimately, that's not what it was. That's hypothetical. And it just didn't end up being what I wanted to do. And it was hard because, again, it felt like I was disappointing my mom and like whatever because my mom was like, she thought that this was a great opportunity. And I'm like, I totally know that. But I don't feel like it's my opportunity. Like, I don't feel like this is my path. She was very much pushing for it. And she was like, I don't want you to do it if you're not happy, but also like, I don't want you to pass this up. Like, this is a really good opportunity. Ultimately, we sat down with my therapist and I'm just like, I don't like, I don't know how to explain this better to you, but like my gut is just telling me no, like I just cannot go because if I go, first of all, I still wasn't perfectly set with my medication and my OCD was a little bit flaring up. So I wasn't at a good spot. And I'm like, if I go to this foreign country that I've legit never been to, I don't even speak Norwegian, all of this. And like that, Norway is very good at teaching kids English and Norwegian. So almost everybody there is fluent in both. It's just the program that I was going into, it it was spoken in Norwegian. And it was something that I was very much interested in, but I also just was like, feel like there's other ways to go about it. Didn't feel like it was my right path. And for me, I just felt like, My mom was like perfectly fine. She was like, if you go for a semester and you need to come back, 
I'm perfectly fine with that. But she didn't want me to pass up the opportunity. But I also think it was hard for me because I'm like, that'll fuck up my mental health even worse and leave me at an even worse spot like when I came back from Iowa State because it'll feel like I failed. I had gone there and I would feel like I had failed. Ultimately, wasn't the choice. It didn't end up working out. The friendship isn't really there anymore, which is unfortunate. And I think that friendships are hard because I don't think that any friendship is completely over. I think that we both still have love for each other, but I also just think that we can't be friends at this given moment. I think that we both need to grow and maybe life will bring our paths back together. Maybe they won't. I don't know. It was unfortunate the way that that unfolded, And I think that I could have handled it better. And I think that we both could have. And I fully take responsibility for me just completely not handling that as good as I should have because it was hard. Like making a decision, for me, the hardest part was being like, I'm passing up this good opportunity that I don't feel like is right for me. And I have no idea what I'm going to do instead. It's not like I had two opportunities and I just got rid of one and chose the right one. It was like I only had one opportunity, but I just didn't feel like it was right. That was why it was hard for me because I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do instead? Like, I don't know what I'm going to do instead. And I want to travel Europe and I want to have this fun experience, but like, it just doesn't feel right. That happened. And then I ended up getting my apartment. The company that I'm working for, who ironically, I met the person who hired me through that friend who I was supposed to go to Norway with, which that just, life is fucking crazy to me. That happened, ended up not going to Norway, and then they offered me the full-time position, which meant that I got 20% off of rent. So that's how I was able to get my apartment. That gave me a new sense of hope. I was like, I just need to get out of my parents' house. And I think that that was what Norway was, at, like as was Iowa, was just me wanting to get the fuck out of my parents' house. Because when you're 18 and 19, you're not meant to be at home like it's you're supposed to fight with your parents so then you get out I'm not trying to make my parents sound bad I just think that everybody fights with their parents knew that I needed to live on my own or live with a roommate to grow because I needed that separation I love my parents every parent makes mistakes and I think that that's a big part about growing up is realizing that like your parents were doing their fucking best and yes they may have hurt you along the way I don't think any of it's intentional. Like, that doesn't make your feelings not valid, but I think it's important to be like, you hurt me, and I know that you were doing your best, but I would still really appreciate an apology because, like, it did hurt me. I just needed to get out. I ended up getting my apartment. I was saving a ton of money when I was living at home and working two jobs. That's what made it able for me to, like, furnish and do all of this stuff for my apartment. Everything happens for a reason, so I was saving that money initially for Norway and then it ended up being for my apartment which ended up being great so I moved in on September 1st which ironically was the same day I met with my new psychiatrist it's an interesting sense of like independence but also like kind of loneliness like and I feel like I'm also in a different spot than a lot of people because usually people move in with a roommate and I just didn't have anybody that I would 
move in with. And I would have been perfectly fine with it if I had an idea and somebody that I knew and somebody who I was comfortable with and also somebody who I knew could pay the same amount of rent that I was paying because the amount of rent that I'm paying is still above what you could get somewhere else even though I get the 20% off. At my age, it's just, it was hard for me to even think of anybody who could pay the same amount because a lot of the people I know are in school. So I ended up getting a one bedroom. The place that I'm living doesn't have studios or alcoves or whatever. So this was where I was working full-time initially. That kind of gets into what happened in November. So I moved in, literally would go downstairs for work. There is a bit of weirdness when you live where you work because people are like, they recognize you, but it's like, are you working or like, I've seen you around a lot. Like working in an apartment building really makes you realize how people who live in apartments, first of all, have no fucking idea how much we know. Like, the office knows a lot. Nothing you do is secret. Shit, it's like a high school. It's like gossip. Like, gossip gets around. We know what's going on. And also, they have nothing better to do. And I, like, that sounds so mean, but like, when I initially moved here, like, people would kind of start realizing, like, I was here a lot. And I was keeping it very much on the down low. Like, I did not want people to know that I lived here. So, there were very few people who I was comfortable with with telling. Like, I remember this one time in the elevator, like, a woman who would stop by the desk or, like, who, like, I recognized. She was in the elevator with me and she was like, do you live here? Like, we've realized that you're really much, like, you're around a lot more. And I'm like, yeah, I do. There's, like, popular group where I live. Not popular, but, like, there's a clique. She was like, yeah, like, we knew it. Like, we just realized that you were around more. And I'm like, okay, it's a little fucking weird that you're sitting around talking about that. Like, to me at least. I'm like, do you guys really have nothing better to do? Like, what the fuck? A little bit of weirdness, but I was perfectly fine with it. I was saving on gas money. I could come up to my apartment when I was on break. Like, it was great. And then the company kind of hit a rough patch. So, the company that I work for, which I don't know how much I can say because I don't think it's a secret who I work for and, like, people can figure it out, but also, like, I want to not get fired, preferably. So, basically, like any company has rough patches, they had a chunk of layoffs. And unfortunately, the property that I was working at was eliminating my position. So I was part of the layoff. I was so fortunate to be laid off, but also them to be like, we do have another position at another property that we are keeping, but the person who is taking, who is in that position is leaving the company, like, willingly. They offer me that position, and then the next day, I started training in there, which I was like, okay, can you not just give me a fucking second to, like, process everything that just happened? Because it was, like, a Wednesday, and HR just came in, and, like, I had never really dealt with HR, asked me into the office, and they're like, okay, you're laid off. And I'm like, okay, it's like three o'clock on a fucking Wednesday. What the fuck? And then they're like, yeah, we'll need you to leave immediately. Like you need to leave. Like you're not going to finish out your shift. And I'm like, what the fuck? And that also has something else to do with like not being able to tell people that I was leaving because I see people on a daily basis. And then all of a sudden you're just not there. So people are going to have questions and they didn't really want to answer those questions. They wanted to keep it on the down low. That just made it hard because I'm like, I can't say bye 
are these people? Like, these people are gonna wonder where I am. Like, it's just, it was hard for me. And it's not like I wouldn't see them in the apartment because I fucking live here, but like, it was just a shitty situation. I wish that I could have had that night to like tell people. And I think that's why they wanted me to leave because they didn't want me to tell people. Next day, went to this new property, not happy about having to pay for gas, (laughs) but happy that I still have a job. But everything just kind of rocked my world. Like, I was just like, okay, I thought that I was stable. I was finally at a good spot. And then this fucking happened. Like, what the fuck? So, went down to that property, really liked the people there, like the leasing office, love them. And I think that I made really good relationships with them and I have really good relationships with them still. Went down there. I was like, okay, maybe this is a blessing in disguise. I was like, okay, like it seems to be working out. It's doing great. Don't love that I have to drive because gas is fucking expensive. But so I was like, this is an expense that I was not expecting. So it was kind of like a shocker. And there was some other stuff that was going on because when I took the full-time position, this was a learning experience for me because I took the full-time position because I wanted the apartment. Basically, what happened was they're like, we'll give you a 50 cent raise. My parents have always taught me to negotiate. And I'm like, I would like, like I wanted to negotiate with them because I wanted maybe at least a dollar raise. I was already doing out of my job description, which I know job descriptions are very vague, but I was doing a position higher than what I was technically listed as. So I was like, hey, like I'm doing this, like I would really appreciate like a dollar raise. And they're like, we're gonna do 50 cents, but we'll meet with you in October after like a month of the position to kind of talk through it. That never fucking happened. Knowing the backstory now, I mean, whatever, but I was kind of pissed off because I'm like, you're not doing what you said. Like you said that we'd have this meeting and you're just not even giving me that. And then I got transferred and they told me that I would have the same schedule Monday through Friday. Didn't fucking happen. I had it for the first little bit and then they're like, corporate changed it up on them and was like, hey, like we need somebody to work Sundays 10 to 6. And the guy who was working part-time had church, which I was a little pissed off by that because I'm like, you could have just told me that he couldn't work that and you wanted me to work that. But the fact that you're using church as an excuse, but it just felt like double standards. And I was kind of pissed off because I'm like, hey, you don't know if I fucking go to church. Like, what if I go to church? Like, Sundays are my family days. Like, I hang out with my family and we have dinner. Like, what the fuck? Like, you can't use that as a reason to not make him work Sundays if he wants the job still. So they made me work Sunday through Thursday. I was frustrated, but I was like, okay, whatever. And then I finally talked to my boss and I was like, hey, like I am a part-time student, which that's another thing. I was doing part-time online school and I'm like, I'm a part-time student. That is when I do homework and when I hang out with my family, I cannot work Sundays. And she was like, okay, can you just work through December and then we'll figure it out in January. Like you can work Monday through Friday in January, like starting January. And I was perfectly fine with that. Cause I'm like, yay. Like it just kind of worked out for the best around the holidays. She told me that still haven't gotten a pay increase, mind you, like nothing, like no conversations about that, which I kind of let go for a bit. What happened was my position was taking over for the person who was leaving, but then the person who worked during the day also left. So I all of a sudden kind of got the role of two people's jobs. You're making me do double the work, which I get, like it's hard, whatever, but I don't think another 50 cents, like, you got rid of a lot of people, and I don't think that it'll break the bank for you guys. Yeah, so I was kind of still frustrated, because I was getting, like, told that I have to work this schedule that I wasn't told initially, and then also that I would be doing double the work. I was just feeling unappreciated, and that's what it comes down to, like, feeling unappreciated, and that's not a good feeling in your job. Come January, I 
got told nothing. Late December, I was like, hey, like, what's the plan? Like, I know that we talked about this. And she's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Like, we, that's just how it's going to be. And I'm like, okay, so you told me something that yet again was not true. We had our reviews. I talked to them and I was like, hey, like, I want to talk about pay. Like, this is getting kind of annoying to me. Like, I just need to talk about it. And they're like, yeah, like, once we do the review and HR looks over it, then we'll talk. We'll have another meeting about compensation. That never came. So then I went back, like, what's up with that? And they're like, HR kind of said nobody's getting raises. And I'm like, okay, you've got to be fucking kidding me. So I'm like, I am having a hard time because I don't feel appreciated. Like, I just want to have this meeting. Like, I've been being told this since, like, late August. She was finally like, give me a list of everything you do. I sent that over and she's like, I'll talk to HR. Yet again, have not heard anything and it's the end of February. I am having a hard time because I'm working a very hard schedule. Ultimately, I'm just not happy in my job. Like, it's... I don't know. It's hard because I'm so grateful for my apartment and everything that this job has allowed me to do. I always knew, this might be bad to say, but I always knew that this job was not long-term because this is just not what I want to do with my life. I think this was a good stepping stone and I knew that it wasn't like the end goal. I didn't know how long it would be. I was talking with my therapist and I think that it was helpful because I was just like, I have now been with the company for about a year and that's the longest I've been with a company because I'm only 19. I was just talking to her and I'm just like, I thought about it when I was talking with her. I'm just like, I can't do this. Like, this schedule is fucking killing me. I work Sundays 10 to 6, and then Monday through Thursday 2 to 10 p.m., which takes over your entire fucking day. I have no social life. Like, it kills me. I was finally with her, and I'm just like, I can't fucking do this. When summer comes, this will fucking kill me. Like, I cannot continue doing this schedule in the summer because I want to be able to go on the boat with my family, do this fun stuff with my friends. Like, I cannot be working 2 to 10. I would rather be working 10 to 6 every day. I don't think the company will give me. I have wanted, I've shown a ton of interest in becoming a leasing agent. And then they did all these layoffs and I'm just like, I can't see it happening with this company at all. I was talking with my therapist. (laughs) This is why I love my therapist because like I realized a ton of stuff. So first I realized I was like, I knew that this wasn't long-term and I think that I'm coming to the end because I just can't do this anymore. And I feel like I've gotten all I can out of my job. I know that I'm good at my job. I'm so confident in that. And I'm doing so much above my pay grade. And they're still not giving me anything. And I feel like I'm at a dead end. They're not giving me what I want. In my mind, there's absolutely no chance that they're gonna promote me to a leasing agent because they just, they don't have those positions right now. I just feel stuck. Like, I feel like I have nowhere to go. Within this company and within this next like year. So in 2023, I cannot see being promoted. And I do, I'm not sitting at this company for that long. This is not my end goal. So unless I can go higher right now or within the next six months, I'm going to be looking for something else because I am just not going to stick with them this long. Like it's ridiculous. And that's why it's hard because I don't feel appreciated because I'm doing so much. I'm breaking my fucking back. I'm doing so much more than any other concierge 
years and they're still not giving me anything. I also talked with my coworker and it's hard when you're not being told the truth either. And I think there's an aspect of corporate not even telling the property managers what the fuck's going on. So then they tell me one thing and then corporate tells them something else. And then they're like, okay, well, what I said was bullshit. Like, ignore that. So I think there's an aspect of that, but there's also just an aspect of not telling me the truth because one of my coworkers who I was talking to, he said that he got a raise, like a dollar raise. And I'm like, okay, hold on. They told me that they were doing no raises this year because of everything that just happened. And then you tell me that that was a fucking lie. Like they lied to my face. And again, like this is all from my perspective and I don't know who they were talking about. I don't know if they were just talking about the leasing office because he is a maintenance guy. But still, I'm like, they made it sound like nobody in the company was getting anything. Again, lit a fire under my ass because I'm just like, everything that is happening is adding more fuel to the fire because I am just getting so fucking done with this company. I am so appreciative that I still have a job and that I still, like, they gave me the choice to still have a job with them. I'm still not going to be taken advantage of, and I feel like I've let it go on for a bit too long. Like, I need to get my grip on what I'm going to do if anything were to happen, so I think I'm finally trying to figure that out, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm letting this go on for way too fucking long. Like, you are taking advantage of me because I'm doing so much for you and you're not giving me anything, like nothing. I'm struggling right now because I'm, I don't know what to do, and that's kind of the whole fucking point of this episode is that I don't know what the fuck to do with my life. I think that this podcast is me starting to figure out like my creative side and trying to figure that out because my job doesn't give me anything creative like my job is not something that I knew that I would do like I knew that I wouldn't do this long term because it's just not the type of job that I want like I sit at a desk I do paperwork and that's basically it like I don't it's not what will make me happy long term and I knew that it was more about what it would give me I gained confidence from now knowing that like I can pay rent and I can afford to and now that I have this pay I can go on to my next job and ask for more pay because I have all these skills now so I've gotten a lot out of this job and I don't think that it is the job for me anymore. And I don't know what that means. I don't know what I'm going to move on to next. And I do need to update my resume. There's a few leasing positions that I have looked at, but it's also hard for me because I'm questioning everything now because I'm like, I don't want to stay in leasing. And I don't necessarily want to live in Minnesota either. Like, I don't want to stay here. I want to be able to travel and do that stuff, which is why it's hard for me because I'm like, my ideal job would tap into helping other people, being creative, and also not being tied to a desk because I want a job that is flexible. Like, I don't want to have to, to do my work, I don't want to have to sit at a desk. I want work where, like, I can do it anywhere, where I have it on my laptop and I can just do it. Like, it doesn't require me to sit my ass in a chair at this specific place to be able to do my job. I am trying to get ideas of what that would be, and that's why it's hard because I'm like, I could go into leasing and I could 
very much increase my pay, which would be great for future. Like every job that you move to, you should be increasing your pay. So that would kind of give me another stepping stone. And I don't know if that's what I'm supposed to do. And I am going to update my resume because there are a few jobs. Another thing is I don't even know if I'm necessarily qualified for them, but there's no harm in applying at all because I want to keep increasing my knowledge and that's another thing that I realized is just that this job is not challenging me anymore. And apparently I'm the type of person that needs that because I didn't ever realize that. That's something that I've learned about myself is that I need a job that I can keep learning and keep increasing my knowledge. And it's not like, like, I don't want to be good at my job. <laughs> like I want to be good at what I learned to do, but I don't want to feel stuck and feel like I've gotten all that I can get out of my job because that's how I feel. Like I feel like I've learned the skills. I'm doing the best I can at my position. I'm doing, I'm learning more than what my position technically is. And I feel like I can go nowhere. Like this position, I'm getting all that I can out of it, which is when it's time to move up. And I don't know if I want to move up in this, like, I don't know if I want to become a leasing agent mainly because I know that it's not what I want to do. And I don't know if I want, I don't know. It's kind of hard because I'm like, I don't know if I want to be tied down again. And one of the jobs that I have found is like a remote position where you can do from anywhere and it makes a little bit more than what I'm making now. It's more customer service, which I guess is what my job is right now too. I'm gonna apply to that too just to see if it goes anywhere because, I mean, you never fucking know. I just don't know what my next step is and I'm trying to figure that out because I know that where I'm at right now is just not making me happy and it's not long-term. When I came to the realization that I'm like, I don't want to do this in the summer, it was kind of like a fire, like a small flame was underneath my ass and it was like, okay, like you kind of need to start figuring it out. And then everything with the pay, with feeling overworked, with just everything. I was just like, it lit like a full-on fucking fire under my ass. And I'm just like, okay, now I need to figure this shit out. This company is just asking so much from their workers while making them not feel appreciated, which is fucked up. And I know that that's a general, I mean, everybody tells me it's like, it's fucking normal. It's fucking bullshit that it's normal. Like they should make you feel appreciated for still being with the company when all of these changes have happened because you can go out and find another job. Like they're hiring at so many places right now. So I just think that this isn't for me anymore. I have come to the realization within myself that like if I do need to move in with my parents for like maybe a month or something before I figure something else out, I'm fine with that. Like I don't want to. (laughs) I don't think it would be the end of the world and I am not happy right now and I would rather do that than stay here. I also am toying with the idea of... So I've always wanted to move to California. My grandma lives there. My mom grew up there. So last summer, actually, I wanted to drive down there in my car and stay there for a little bit to kind of see if it was actually a thing that I would want to pursue because I always go down there with my family, my mom and my sister. So I never really been down there alone but I absolutely love the fucking vibe of it. Like, it's always been my second home. Over COVID, that's the longest time in my entire life that I have not been there. I would go there all 
the time with my mom. Like we would go at least once a year and we would always make it happen because it would be over like spring break, the summer, whatever. And we would get insanely cheap tickets on like Spirit. It was nice because we only had to pay for that and then we would stay with my grandma when we were there. So it's not like it was like a full on vacation that we had to pay for. Like we didn't have to pay for a hotel. I always have known that I've wanted to live there at some point in my life and I would always end up there at some point. Don't know if it would be long-term, but I always knew that it was somewhere that I'd want to live short or long-term. I don't really know. Last summer, I was going to drive down there and kind of test it out, I guess. Stay with my grandma. And I kind of floated the idea with her, but I don't really know if she ever really thought that it was going to happen. I don't really know. That didn't end up happening because of the Norway thing and because of my job and just it didn't end up happening. And now that this job might come to an end, I think that it would be a good breaking point to maybe do that Finally. I told my mom too, I'm like, I love my apartment, don't get me wrong, but like, I'm not happy with my job. Now that I know, like, now that I'm confident enough that I know that I can like get an apartment and do it by myself and like kind of gain this confidence when it comes to providing for myself. I'm like, I like, I don't give a shit about my apartment. I would be fine leaving it. Like I can put all my shit in storage. Like I don't care. Yes, it'll suck because I love my apartment. I love the location and everything, but I also just came to the realization that like, I don't fucking, I'm not happy in Minnesota right now, which I think is the biggest thing that's kind of adding on to the unhappiness in my job because I'm just like, I don't like the snow. Minnesota is just not my vibe right now. I fucking love California because you can go to the beach. You can hear the waves. My perfect ideal life would be somewhere like Hawaii, the weather of Hawaii, where it's always warm. There's a beach. You can go swimming. The vibe is just like beachy. Like you can wear swimsuits all the time. The weather's warm. You get vitamin D. Like that is my happy place. There's like no snow winter in California. Like they don't get snow in like LA and stuff. It's still warmer weather than it is here. I would love to go down there and just kind of test it out. Another thing that I would have to deal with when I get to it is if I am happy there, what I would do for rent and job and like where I would want to live and stuff because LA is fucking huge. My grandma lives next to Huntington Beach, like in that general area on the coast. I would... It's also complicated because she lives in an old person community. So technically, you're not supposed to like stay there for long periods if you're under 55 years old. I don't know if they're very diligent about that, especially when you're not really causing a ruckus. Like, I think that they just do that because they're like, yeah, no, like, don't throw parties and that shit, which I would, I obviously wouldn't do. But an idea that's going through my brain that I'm definitely thinking about is just like putting all my shit in storage, like saving up. Like, that's what I'm doing right now because I know that this isn't last very long, maybe not past the next six months. I'm saving money because I know that I'm going to need it for something. With my apartment, I'm just like, all I need to do is get a u-haul and throw this shit in storage like that's all i need to do storage is like 120 bucks a month that's not that expensive and i can just throw this shit and it's right down the street from my mom's house like i just i also feel like i just need adventure like i don't have adventure in my life and i don't have anything that's like sparking i'm not happy with my life and i'm not passionate about anything in my life right now and i think that that is hard because i think that there's always something that you should be happy about because that can kind of push you to like continue with what you're doing and I think that if I had something outside of my job or if I was more just even at an okay place with my job where I could 
have more of an outside life that I would be okay, but that's just my job doesn't allow for that. Ultimately, what I'm trying to say is my goal would be to pack up my shit here, do that, get the remote position or something of that nature, and just drive down to California. Stay with my grandma for a few, maybe like two months, maybe the summer, I don't know, and just kind of get a sense for it. And something also is like I'm, I could, I looked it up, in the city that my grandma lives in, I could literally go get a coffee shop job right now for more than what I'm getting paid right now. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm down. Like, <laughs> like, I'm completely down with that because I think that a coffee shop is also such a good place to meet people similar to your age. There's a college in the city right over, so, like, there's a ton of young kids. I just think that a coffee shop would be, like, a pretty good place to meet new people and, like, just kind of socialize with more people your age. Like, I think that my job is also hard because I don't work with anybody else. The office works from 9 a.m. to to 6 p.m. So from 2 to 6, I'm with people. But then the rest of my shift, I there, I have no co-workers. So that's another thing is I'm just not getting that social aspect from my co-workers because my job is very lonely. Like I don't work with anybody else really. That's something that I think a coffee shop job would also be very interesting. Another thing is like if I lived with my grandma, I could be saving all of my money or most of it other than like gas and like bills and stuff. But like I wouldn't have rent and I would be making more than what I'm making now, and I could be working part-time, full-time, whatever. So, I think that that's something that I'm actually seriously thinking about, and my grandma is actually coming to visit within the next week, so maybe I will talk to her about it, because I think that it's something that could be really good for me, because I'm just craving that adventure. Like, when I drive down there, I want to stop in Colorado. I want to stop in Utah. Like, I want to explore places. Like, I want to travel. I think that that would be a good way of doing it, and that's the reason that I'm just like, before I get myself into another leasing position or into another job where I feel kind of tied down, I would love to explore that side and go to California and explore that option. That's the thing is just like, I don't like being tied down. Like, I don't like being stuck in a position where you only have two weeks of PTO and all of this stuff. Like, I'm just, I am still young. Like, I am still young and I still want to explore and I still want to live my life and I really want to go down to California. And I think that that doesn't mean that it needs to be a long-term thing. It can, but it also can just mean that, like, I'm exploring a different side of me that's more spontaneous because that's another thing is I am such a spontaneous person and I have not tapped into that since last fall in like October. Like I'm just that type of person. Like I love doing spontaneous things. I'm just having a hard time because it's not a good spot to be in. You can be content where you're at and that's what I was. I was that and then the changes in the company have not stopped since the beginning of November. So nobody feels safe. Nobody feels like their job is secure and I don't like that feeling. There's lots of things that are compiling on top of each other that are just making me feel not content with my life right now. And I really just need to kind of figure myself out and figure out what I think would be best for me and listen to my gut. Like, that's the thing is, like, I do have this option to go and get the leasing positions, but, like, my gut, it like, there's just some hesitation there. And I kind of want to listen to it because I'm just like, that'll lead me yet again to a position where if I move into an apartment at their property, which I would get another 20% off of, so it would be a similar situation just with a different company, that yet again would kind of tie me 
into a situation where I wouldn't, re- I couldn't really explore and explore that within myself and do that sort of thing. So maybe this is the break that I need to be like, okay, kind of push me to go and do that and explore California and do all of that. I don't really know. And I think that that's okay. I am a person who does not like the unknown though. And I don't like not knowing. I don't like the unknown. Like I'm just, I don't like the unknown. And I think that's... <laughs> That's a given in life. Like, unknown is all that life is because you have no idea and you'll never know. And I think it's just about following the path and being happy with where you're at, but also just learning more about yourself. And that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to listen to my gut more. And I think that that is one of the best things that a person can do. Not listening to my gut has kind of fucked me over a few times. I don't think, it's not a regret. And I think that I learned a lot from those mistakes, but it's taught me that I should listen to my gut more because my gut knows like my gut knows. We'll kind of see where I end up in the next few months. I'm not exactly sure. I'm trying to be more okay with that. Like I'm trying to tell myself like it's okay. Like that can mean so many good things. Maybe I do lose my job or maybe I do quit and then my life is just like there's so many better opportunities out there for me because for me another thing that scares the shit out of me is staying stuck in a job that I don't like just because it's easy like secure in it and because it's what I know like that scares the shit out of me like I never want to get stuck in a job that I'm just like there like it doesn't make me happy and like I don't think I would ever let myself do that but like I feel like I see it in a lot of people where they just life gets in the way and then they get stuck in a position where they need to pay bills and shit and their job allows them for that but they're not happy in their job and that's what scares me like I don't want to put myself in that position and I'm very lucky in the sense of like since I work for the company that owns the property where I live like my lease is technically month to month like I do not I'm not tied into a 12 month lease right now so I could literally tell them right now like hey it's almost the first of March so be like hey I need to move out in April and they would be fine with that And I would just, I'm not tied to a 12-month lease, which I think is very much a good thing. I'm trying to explore my more creative side, specifically with this podcast, and also just kind of get my spark back for living life. Something that I saw on Pinterest, which I started a like a dream board, which my therapist recommended, it's helped me a lot. Like it's so fun. And I think that that's the reason that I kind of came to the conclusion. I'm like, I really want to travel. Like, I don't know if I realized how much I like want to travel in life. Like I knew that I did, but I feel like I'm craving that like right now, which I didn't really feel like I was craving that as much as I actually think that I am, if that makes any sense. Like, that kind of made me realize, like, okay, like, I do want to travel and explore and do that sort of stuff, like, right now, and I need that in my life. But something I saw was, like, fall in love with being alive, like, fall in love with life again, because to me, that's the perfect example, because I'm, like, a lot of people it's not like a straight line. It's like you fall in love with life and you fall in love with being alive and like all of that. And then you fall out of love because you're just not really happy in life. And I'm trying to find that spark that makes me fall in love with being alive again and like fall in love with my life. I'm just trying to figure it out. And I think it's hard, especially when your job kind of feels draining, but I'm also just thinking a lot and I'm working through it with my therapist. The only thing that you need to focus on is the next logical step, like the next step, which you don't need to think about anything else. Like that's what I tell myself. It's like, all I need to figure out is my next step. Like, do I 
want to go live in California for maybe two months, drive down there, do that sort of thing? Or do I want to get a job? Like all I need to know is the next step and then I'll figure it out from there because decisions never stop. You will always be making big life decisions. You just need to take the next logical step and figure out the next best thing for you. I'm trying to do that right now because I don't. It's crazy. It's fucking March and it's like what? May is like two months away now, which is almost summer. I think it's coming up a lot quicker than I feel like. I feel like it's really far away, but it's not. And I think that that's a good thing. I think that that's kind of making me be like, okay, like maybe the beginning of May I can drive down there. And I love my parents because they help me with everything. Like if I needed to move everything, like my parents would help me move out and move my stuff into storage. And like, I am very fortunate to have that. I'm just kind of trying to figure it out. I don't know. And I don't feel like anybody has it figured out. I feel like you go in and out of like feeling content with your life and then life changes and change is the only thing guaranteed and then it doesn't feel content anymore and that's okay and it's okay to not be happy in where you're at because you can change anything like you are never stuck and I feel like that's the biggest thing that I struggle with is feeling stuck in life and stuck at where I'm at and I feel like that makes me like panicky because I'm like that's the thing that I fear the most is being stuck where I'm at. I've been recording for way too long. It's 101. I actually need to get ready for work. (laughs) Change. This episode helped me a lot. I hope that it helped you guys a lot because talking things through is just it's the best therapy and I think that that's why this is going to be so good for me. I hope that you guys enjoyed. If you have any other topics that you would like me to talk about, I would be more than willing to if you have any suggestions. This was super fun. I enjoyed it. Now I gotta go to work, which is kind of depressing, but that's fine. I hope you guys enjoyed the second episode of Seriously Not That Serious. I will see you next time. Maybe I'll get some coffee before I go to work. Maybe that'll cheer me up. Bye!